Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, he is away. However, with me, I have the LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Andy. Hi, Ian. Also with me is Joe Rimmer. Hello. And everybody's friend, Christian Walsh. Hello, Christian Walsh. Hello, Ian Doyle. Hello there, thank you. Uh, now, we'll start by looking back at the game against last night, at Leicester in the League Cup. I was there and uh, it wasn't particularly great and there's been an awful lot of reaction. Andy, you were... Uh, have been rounding up what the fans have been saying, and it's fair to say there's been some of the proverbial fume. Yeah, I mean, Christian and I were in the office last night uh, running the match blog and uh, watching the game, and obviously no surprise given the run of results Liverpool had into Leicester last night that um, a poor defeat, going out of a competition that many people would have liked to have won. You know, Liverpool need to win a, a trophy, and that's probably the easiest one to win created quite a lot of anger, um, especially given it was another situation where Liverpool you know, should have been out of sight in the game in the first half. So um, lots of people suggesting the manager was getting it wrong. Some people running out of patience with the manager, even, which seems incredible. I mean, I'm not going to go into um, another rant like I did the other day, but um, essentially, and we've, we've written a piece on the site today, but th- there are people... And it, you have to remember in this in the social media storm that that these things get exaggerated. But there there are, there is a significant proportion of people out there starting to have doubts about the manager. I think it's fair to say. But um, I mean, it was it was such a frustrating game. You you were down there. What did I mean? Was it same old same old for you? It was a bit same old same old. I must admit, I'm not quite as angry as an awful lot of other people seem to be. From, from is that because we're old and, and don't have... Speak for yourself, Andrew. No, but is, it, is that a generational thing? When, when you're 20 and it ruins your entire, you know, until the next I time... Think you've, the I think you've probably got a point there in that respect. I mean, I suppose 20 years ago, if the team I was supporting got beaten in the League Cup, I'd be pretty, you know, down and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but if I'm 20, I'm going to the pub and <laughs> Yeah. But, but, you know, Maybe go on, I interrupted you. Yeah, but I think from the first half, I think the thing that annoyed me, actually, the one thing that annoyed me is that Leicester were not very good. Leicester had, I wouldn't say it was a reserve team, it was stronger than I thought they were going to be. But, Two debuts, wasn't yeah, it? There was still, I didn't think there was much there for them. I mean, you can imagine, I think it was Christian who, who said before the game, he said, oh, looking at their team, they put two big lumps up front and lots of people who can fire in crosses from the wings and that's clearly what they saw as a weak point for Liverpool it was kind of funny that it was only when they brought on uh, Okazaki that they actually you know big he turned the game really for, in Leicester's favour I think the first half Liverpool were far and away the, the better team I think it, it can't be lost on the fact that like at the weekend they made seven or eight changes and still managed to play with the same kind of attacking verve you know they, they were creating chances they weren't either able to put in a decent enough final pass or actually put the finishing touch to it. So the longer that went on, you were just thinking, oh, the minute Leicester score here, this could be the end of the game. And that's exactly what happened. And one disappointing thing, I suspect, would be Liverpool's reaction to going behind, to which there actually wasn't really much of a one. And that, that, that again, that's what's frustrating people in that they instantly go, OK, you've gone behind. Who's going to drag the team? Well, this comes, down to, this comes down to the question about leaders, doesn't it? I think we've got a piece that's... Things going up on the website now, talking about where are the on-field leaders for Liverpool. I mean, John Henderson's Henderson, yeah. one, but we've also got to bear in mind here that he's not—he's still coming back, trying to find his form 
and fitness from having been out for about four or five months. And he had an entire season where he wasn't playing at his full level. So it's going to be a while before we see the best of him. And the way that Liverpool play at the moment, he's the only defensive, sort of defensive midfielder. And he's been asked to protect the back line while everybody else just runs off and does their own thing. And he was, he was surrounded by, I thought Wijnaldum had a good game in the first half, but he's never a defensive player. And Gruwich, he's, he's made one of very few starts. And again, I thought he did OK, but he's not got the experience. And that, once Coutinho goes off, it's like he's looking around. Henderson, he's thinking, well, who else is here with me? Oxley chamberlain was having an absolute nightmare. Um, behind him, he's got a defence of Robertson, who's barely played a game for Liverpool. Flanagan playing his first game in forever. Gomez, who's you know still a young lad. And the other one is probably... Clavin, who, as we know, he's, he's not in the best of form at the moment. And up front, Solanke, and I think Uber missed out. There's somebody else there. Well, Woodburn was on by that point, so he's not going to be a leader either. But I don't think it's so much... You can't really look at in terms of leadership at that one game, the game against Leicester, because that was a scratch team. This is something that's happening with the first team. You look at the likes of Matty Lovren, senior players, who they don't really communicate, or it doesn't seem as though they're communicating very much with the teammates on the field. And that, when things aren't going well, Things are going great. Liverpool are great to watch, but if, at the moment, if things aren't going well, then you know they just don't seem to be able to either able to cope with it or mentally or be able to cope with it in any any way. So what? Let's start right at the start. Then Klopp said day before we want to go far in this competition. I'm going to go. Whatever team I put out will be a strong team. So start with the selection, Christian. What did what did you, what, what I mean? What did you make of the um, what did you make of the uh, the team that was put out in terms of personnel. The only the only decision that left me scratching my head, and I understand why he did it, was the Woodburn one. I looked at the team and I thought, well, if Ben Woodburn can't get a game in this scenario, I'm not sure where you, you can fit him in. But obviously, I think what they've done is looked at Coutinho and thought he needs another 45 minutes here, so they thought, well, we'll put him in instead. In terms of the, the, the starting eleven, I don't think it was I don't think that you could really have any complaints. You're giving Danny Ward a go. That's absolutely fine, given giving him an opportunity. The back four, it, it, it is what it is at the moment. There's not really anything in, in, in the sense of of reserves. You could possibly have put Trent as 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 um the right back, but you know, otherwise when is John Flanagan getting the game? Um Grewish had to get minutes, so that was that was okay. Henderson would be curious, perhaps, you know, because... We didn't play at the weekend, did he? he? Neither did Wijnaldum, which is why the pair of them played, you suspect. But that does that sort of indicate the pecking order now? I don't know. Um, Solanke, again, the main issue I had was the was the bench. I just felt that the there was very little option off the bench to change that game, and, and so it proved in terms of the two substitutions that he did make. Obviously, Ben Woodburn comes on, and, and despite the massive impact that he had for Wales, he's still only 17 year old, and it's a big ask for him to he come scored, on. Though, didn't he? he did nearly score, and he was definitely, I'd say, he's probably Liverpool's best player in that second half. But after what Coutinho had done in the first half, it was still a point of difference. It's still a different role that he, he was he was being asked to play, and it just made Liverpool all that more disjointed. And then secondly, you throw on Danny Ings, who hasn't played competitive football for Liverpool in nearly a year again. He's played what? Two games, three games in in in, in twenty four months under Jurgen Klopp to ask him to to salvage the game. Well, I don't know why he was why he was coming on. I don't know if it was a run out for him to get minutes in his legs. I don't know if it was to salvage the game. I don't know what it was for. But it felt unfair on Danny Ings as well. You think about the players who were left at home, and I understand by all means you you can't you don't want to overtire them, and 
this is a very going to be hopefully you know if they go well in the other come competitions it's going to be a very long season but you're looking at someone like Daniel Sturridge or even Firmino or or, or Salah there's someone who is a, a proven game changer for Liverpool that can come off the bench because if plan A doesn't work in the first 45 then what did Liverpool have and so approved now Joe you're normally mild-mannered <laughs> and very very you know level-headed but when you saw the team sheets you got really angry didn't you I'm annoyed to be honest I'm more annoyed than the most after last night because first of all I think it's imperative that Klopp starts to pick up trophies whether that be in the League Cup or any other competition he needs to start you don't you don't want to start going on season after season not having a trophy and then that hangs over hangs over you and people use it as a stick to beat him with and it puts pressure on himself and I thought last night you know this it's not a training game it's not a friendly it's a, it's a proper competition and all right Coutinho needed minutes but 45 minutes in Liverpool were controlling that game they take him off they conceded pretty much they conceded possession to, to Leicester going into the second half Leicester had started to get into the game I thought by the end of the first half and by taking their best player off Liverpool basically gave Leicester the upper hand and I thought bringing on Woodburn a young lad yeah he had some, some decent flashes but he wasn't helping control the game the, which, the way that Coutinho was I thought they had no one else on the bench to really turn the screw You know, I, I think if they'd had better players on the bench they could have built on that first half and won the game but Having Ings on the bench, well, like Christian said, he's he's barely played any football. To ask him to come in and have a real influence is asking a lot. And the one that annoyed me the most is having Markovic on the bench. Well, he clearly doesn't rate him. He wanted him out in the summer, doesn't rate him. Didn't trust him to... Oxlade-Chamberlain was having an absolute shocker and he didn't trust him to to, to come on and have an impact. So why have him on the bench? If you don't don't think he's good enough, then why is he good enough to play in in the, the League Cup? He should have had the better players on the bench, and if they were in a, they got themselves into a poor position, they should have had, been able to call on the likes of Firmino or Salah or Sturridge, someone more senior. And I just think that he he treated that competition poorly, and they've, they've got a poor result out of it, well, and it annoys me. I would rather have given Harry Wilson or Jan Dander a go over than Markovic, because as you say, what's the long term game here? It, you know, if Markovic was never going to get on. Last night, then when is he going to when get on? Because that was that was that was the time that he, he possibly could have come on. Because as you said, Oxley Chamberlain was having an absolute rajah. He's, he's not going to play again, is he, Markovic? He's not going to come on in the FA Cup. He's certainly not going to play in the Champions League, and he and he's not going to come on in the league. It, it was just, it almost felt like he thought, well, if we're three 0 up, I'll give him a little go at the end. Here's a question for you, Andy. Right, and I'm, this is for everybody. Bearing in mind that we kind of agree Liverpool are probably not going to win the Champions League. <laughs> probably not. They're, at the moment, they're probably not going to win the Premier League. And they're certainly now not going to win the League Cup. Now, given the way Jurgen Klopp has treated the FA Cup, either he treats the FA Cup in the past, sorry, either he treats the FA Cup better in January, which he will probably have the opportunity to because there won't be any League Cup semi-final now. Because if he doesn't, Liverpool are going to already end the season with nothing. Fair point? Very fair point. And the, the other side of that, of course, is that his attempts to try and build squad strength relies on players within that squad becoming something that they might not be at the moment, right? So so that you look at Ben Woodburn and don't see a 17-year-old untried kid relatively. You see Ben Woodburn, he can win us this game because he's come on and, and won a game before or whatever. And that comes from playing minutes. Now we're going to have a host of these younger players or fringe players um, who just aren't going to get an opportunity when when 
when is Danny Ward, who we could have sold to Huddersfield, I'm absolutely certain, for good money in the summer. Mm. Um, and I know some people think he can become Liverpool's best goalkeeper. Well, yeah, he couldn't do anything about the two goals last night. No problems there. don't think it taught us anything about Danny Ward last night. Um, made one good save, uh, low down. But where are these players getting their game? So that puts them under even more pressure to try and give them a game in the FA Cup, which then, because they won't have played, it's all become self-fulfilling. So it is a really, really bad result on, on a lot of levels last night. With you know, everyone gets a thrill out of seeing Liverpool win trophies and if you know, if it hadn't been for the you know, the twenty twelve Carling Cup, I think it was, wasn't mm. it? It was in those days. They you know our tr- you know, would be going back to two thousand and six, wouldn't we? Man, for nice to be thinking about the calendar of the stress of wouldn't it? It's still it's still only one sorry Joe, it's still only one in trophy now in eleven years, isn't it? Yeah, well you contrast I don't like I don't really want to compare the two and I I don't exactly like the man, but if you contrast them to Mourinho Mourinho goes out and wins trophies, like him or not. He wants to win trophies, whether it's the League Cup, the FA Cup, any other competition. He, he wants he to win. He can reserve teams out in the League Cup. He, he has done in the past, though, but, he, he? but he also, he's also got track records of winning competitions. And I just think the way Klopp treated it last night, not so much the team selection before the game, but at half-time. So, so the plan was for Coutinho to play 45 minutes. Could they not have looked at it at a half-time and gone, do you know what, we're on top here, we need to get ahead. Let's get it to sixty minutes, and then we'll then we'll reassess. But also, if that was the plan from the start, why didn't he look at it and go, "Well, Coutinho's only playing forty-five, so we need someone on the bench to come on." Because what if we're in a what if we're in a position where we we can't afford to bring Coutinho off? Yeah, I thought he played well last night, Chilwell. He obviously saved a goal from Oxford Chamberlain, but you have to think twenty minutes of Salah running at him would be would have caused carnage, wouldn't it? And yeah, we didn't have those that option off the bench. I think, as Christian said earlier, you can go through the players he put out in the team and you can probably justify most of them, I think, in terms of they needed minutes. And if we're going to build, as I said earlier, you know, these players have to play at some point and this is the competition to play them in. Uh, so there's no, there's no argument that they need those minutes. The problem, the, there were strange ones in the sense that, like, say, you know, Flano obviously hasn't played for ages and then you, you're throwing him into... To, to try and you know cope with Damari Gray or speedy side which, which, yeah, which, which was tri- which was tricky and it's it's hard but I mean you know Flanner's going to jump at the chance to try and do it because he wants to kickstart his Liverpool career and you know we're, we're saying all this from a, a scenario at half time and you know I was going through the the, the national press for what the paper said today and you know. It was almost, I think somebody said, it was unbelievable that Liverpool could lose this game from the position they were in in terms of domination. I mean, they clearly not watched Liverpool play much no, this season. No, but I mean, we feared the worst when they missed the chances, but the, the chances were, were there. And, and, you know, so the question is they're doing those things now in Liverpool where they're worrying you at both ends of the pitch, mm. which, 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 which. And in midfield, which, don't which is which, and, and, and midfield to be scary, but there's also a thing. Well, hang on, put our best team on the pitch, and they're a match for anybody at, at their best. And I, you know, I think I said that last week, and I absolutely stand by it. And that's that's why I think the frustration gets so much and so exaggerated by supporters. Because I genuinely believe most people think we can be a really, really good team. We just need key tweaks. 
And that key tweak might be a new centre back. It might be John Aldridge said and has come in the echo this week. You know, we still need that centre forward to be putting these um, chances away. But that that's the big frustration, and everybody shares it, and people express it differently. You know, some people are sacked the manager. He hasn't done enough. He, we still can't defend after he's been here for nearly two years. Uh, and for others, it's a case of, uh, and you know, I put myself in the, in this group that the team are are better than he arrived. They're progressing. Um, we've got some very very good players. We just need to put in two or three final big pieces of the jigsaw. One of which definitely is a centre back, and. Centre-back doesn't win the game. It doesn't, but we don't have a situation where Ragnar Klavan is your third choice, i.e. your League Cup centre-back. And Piercy was saying that all the way through from halfway through the summer and like we can't go into a situation where Klavan's still third choice centre-back. And I haven't watched the game back fully. I've watched the highlights back, but not fully to see exactly what was going on in terms of how they came out on the, the cleared corner. Because, I mean, that's a scenario where we worry about Liverpool from corners. They get a proper solid head mm. on that ball away. Second and then ball. it's the same... It's a third ball? It's a, third it's a shorter ball, but it's exactly the same thing that happened to Trent at Anfield on Saturday, yeah. wasn't yeah, it? It was a ball he aimed at the right full-back, and he's out-jumped by a taller man. But if they've all... you know, I think Klopp talked about it in his press conference about we haven't come out in a proper line, because if the ball goes over and you've held your line, hopefully you've got somebody offside, but... I know Klavan was behind Dragovic, wasn't he? The guy who was making his debut and he lays it off quite nicely. So I'm not quite sure who it was who was responsible for us not getting out fast enough and in, in a proper line. But, you know, he, it was it was just massively frustrating. It's not concerning and I am very much in your camp, Andy, in terms of giving them opportunities and et cetera, et cetera. But is it not concerning that... Two years in, that's what is that? Three transfer windows, four transfer windows, and you're still talking about three pieces of the jigsaw left. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche jigsaws in general, but jigsaws are never finished with football teams. Yeah, they're never no, finished. They're, they're, they're never always finished. always they are always ongoing. But, but I mean, the reason I picked that up is because you're absolutely dead on about the centre back. But and this is no no slight against them. I thought he did all right apart from putting the ball in the back of the net yesterday, but. I'd even say, we all know what Daniel Sturridge is like in terms of his injury record. That might be a bit unfair because he's looked okay this season when he's played. You know, he's looked, He was sharp, got 90 minutes under his belt at Burnley. But with a Sturridge injury away here, Liverpool, of having Dominic Solanke as, 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 as the option number two from Roberto Firmino. Now, with all the greatest respect to him in the world, Klopp is clearly a massive fan of him, but he's a 20-year-old lad who's, who just played this, who just started this first ever professional game of football in England. Well, these are the calls that managers have to make, though, because let's just say that Firmino doesn't get injured, Sturridge doesn't get injured, and Solanke doesn't get injured any, in terms of long term, and Ings comes back suddenly. He's, he's, that's a Rigi as well. He's got four, five of them there, hasn't he? So he he made the call of getting rid of Rigi on loan because to let him play games, and now, as you pointed out, it, because, last night, of course. because of the way. That the team's gone. Suddenly, you're looking at things from a negative point of view. Whereas, mm. if they're winning, you're looking at it from a positive point of view. Going, these players are never going to play. That's fair enough. But I, th- but I think that's what he. That's that's Klopp. That explains a lot of Klopp in terms of selection and everything else. Because he's, he's, he's thinking, if I can go to Leicester and I can get Danny Ward minutes, Woodburn's going to play a half because I know I'm only going to play Coutinho for 45. Solanke plays centre forward and might get his goal. Another game in for Robertson. 
uh, and maybe even get Flano in so I've got some options at, at fullback going forward and I'm going to get Joe Gomez playing centre-half to see if he could be part of the answer for the centre-back problems. Now, Doyle, you were on ratings mm. last night. You gave Joe Gomez the highest Liverpool rate, yeah. I think, that, in terms of uh, 8 out of 10, I think. So yeah. that could go down as a bit of a success from well, last night. that was probably one of the only positives, wasn't it, Gomez? I thought he did, certainly in the first half. I mean, where we were sat at Leicester, we were kind of in that half, as it were, so we got quite a good look at how Gomez was doing. And there was one ball where he lost with Slamani, but within about two seconds he'd, he'd you know, outstrengthened him and, and got it back. And I thought he did really well in the first half. It may have been a bit more difficult in the second half. We didn't have quite the same view from certainly from from what I saw. He's he looked good. He's looked good at right back this season. He's looked very solid. Very you know he's, he doesn't have the same attacking verb and creativity as as Trent down the down the right wing. But then I don't think Trent's a, a fullback, and I think we're all in agreement on that one. So then, but then. Gomez isn't a right back, is he? Gomez is a centre back, and him playing in this position, I almost think that he's almost got a chance that if he plays in the next couple of games, he could jump ahead of Clavan as the third choice. I'd agree with you. I mean, and, and I think it's especially. I mean, and it might end up being more than that because we heard from Klopp before the game saying if one day's rest should be fine and Dejan should be back in the team. Mm. You know, his sore back. And we saw this last year where he missed quite a few games with not very what seemed to be not very serious injuries. And we don't want anyone to have a serious injury, of course. But he, he's starting to he's starting to be a player who doesn't seem to be able to play with niggles. I was going to say he's starting to be a player you want to have a serious injury <laughs> to. No, no, I would never say that. But he, you know, uh, they did an open training session today on Facebook and there didn't seem to be any sign of him there, Joe, did he? And, or, or Matty, to be fair. I, I picked up on Lovren. Straight away because of the, the, the injury situation, but watching it back, uh, Matip didn't seem to be there either. And and obviously you don't see you're only seeing a little selected bit. You saw a little little warm up and then a, a little five aside session. Um, but going back to what you were saying before about certain tweaks, my worry is that I do think that, that that with better personnel they would be able to carry out Klopp's plans better. And I think he wanted Van Dijk because he's more of a solo defender in that he can defend one-on-one situations well. He's commanding. He can play the ball, but but my worry is that you sort of you need to cut your cloth accordingly. And right now, I think the midfield's poor because they're trying to do too much. I think that he's expecting players like Clavan and Lovren, who who sort of need a bit of protection around them to be able to sort of defend in one-on-one situations, to be commanding, to to win things in the air, and they can't do it. I think. I've, I've argued with people online about and, and friends about Jordan Henderson, who I like as a player, but I think right now he's being exposed because I think he, he's asking him to play in a in a more withdrawn defensive role, but also you're seeing him push right up the pitch. Now you never saw players under under other managers who playing in that position pushing so far up the pitch, and I almost think Klopp says he's really sick of seeing Liverpool defend uh, concede goals like they did yesterday, and um, and against Sevilla in the Champions League, but I think. He's making a rob for his own back because they can't seem to manage games. He's not. He's asking people to do too much. Allow him to sit in, protect your back four a little bit more. But Stop you, asking people to bomb on away from home. So you've made this point the other week, didn't you? They, yeah. they, don't, they don't have the players who can control the game, and I think you're right. I mean, I've written something today mentioning in passing Lucas, and he's somebody who, towards the end of last season, he came in, I think, for the games at, yeah. at West Brom and at, and at, uh, at Watford, I think it was, yeah. One nil wins away from home, which is exactly what Liverpool wanted—something to steady the ship and get them over the line. 
There isn't a single player. In fact, there is one player who possibly could do it. James Milner, and he's the vice-captain, but we haven't really seen that much no, of him. He was on the bench. He, the, I would have thought he was definitely going to play. Yesterday. Experience. Yeah. Experience. I thought he would have made yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's trophies. something that, that Liverpool yeah. don't have enough of in their team, and it's maybe why he was so keen, as well as the talents that he wanted to buy, cater this summer to do that midfield, and Van Dijk to add that to the defence. It's interesting yeah. we're talking about tweaks here because if you think back to this time last season and yes, Liverpool did start really well in that season but you, you, you got the impression you knew exactly what Klopp wanted from this side and what his strongest eleven was and what subs would come in and I think they, they, they beat maybe, I think they ironically beat Leicester 4-1 at home didn't they around yeah, and all this yeah. time and you're thinking well, obviously he wants Firmino as his, as his fault back then false nine and Mane's coming on the right and that's how he's going to play and Coutinho's going to be on the left. Now he's almost got too many options at his disposal at, at the moment. Too many players. We know he likes his flexibility, but he's almost caught you know between. Well, do we play Coutinho as, as this half half ten or as a as a left winger? What time? <laughs> <laughs> do we play Oxlade Chamberlain as a, as a right winger, or is he going to be a centre midfielder? I mean, what's James Milner now? Is he a holder? Grewich, yeah, Henderson, yeah. Chan. It's it's just sort of. It feels like. Certainly compared to last year, Liverpool are much further away from knowing the the strongest lineup. I mean, you, you could take a guess at what the strongest eleven is, but I don't think Klopp would necessarily be happy with that. And you you look at the ones on the bench as well, and you know you'd have like Milner, Sturridge, Oxley, Chamberlain. I just feel like he's just a little bit confused at the moment, yeah. maybe about exactly which direction this. But this, this team wants to this, go in. He's chopping and changing all the time. You, you can even take that further and say he's goalkeepers. He's yeah, got three well, goalkeepers yeah. and he can't seem to decide which one. The irony there being the goalkeeping situation is the one where we're not really even talking about yeah, anymore because not. we just go, oh, well, they're all not so much much of a muchness, but none of them are really worrying. And we, know which, and we know yeah. which tournaments are going yeah. to be playing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even, I suppose he's been unlucky in the sense that you've got the client injury, but his right-back situation, I couldn't tell you which one he thinks is his first choice because we see one in each competition, don't we? Yeah. See, we see him rotating. And left-back, again, we've seen Robertson a fair deal, but we're seeing Moreno playing some of the bigger games. It's sort of first choice. It's Moreno, sort of first choice, it? but it still doesn't feel... Like anything settled, does it? It feels like an unsettled side. Other than the front three, which you sort of know when they're fit, you'll get a front three of Mane and um, Salah off Firmino. But yeah, I, I think I think it feels uneven at the moment. I think the team doesn't feel settled. I almost think it needs a few games playing with a first choice lineup and get a bit of momentum behind them. Um, let's bear in mind it's been it's been a poor spell, hasn't it? But it's been ten days, mm. ten days, two draws, two defeats. It's not the absolute end of the world. I mean, I remember when we used to talk about, when we had Hule and Rafa, we used to talk about five-year plans, and now we talk about he's had so many windows. Well, you know, the clock's only two years in, and they've made great strides. But, yeah, it just feels, at the moment, really, really, like he doesn't seem to have a good idea of what his best side is. Liverpool seem a little bit messy, really, and the club seems a little bit messy, but I, th- I think a couple of wins can settle it down. It's a good chance on Saturday, isn't it? Now, Andy, I'm glad you mentioned Klein then, by the way. Andy, we were talking before in the office saying that Liverpool had missed him. And I think that's he's one of these players where when he got injured, nobody went, oh, boo-hoo, Klein's out. People were think, saying, like, oh, now we've got a chance to give Trent a go. Not you, I'm saying. And, there was, <laughs> and now it's turned out that Klein, oh, look, he was actually Mr. Reliable. He never really made any massive mistakes and Liverpool could certainly do with somebody like him in defence. Yeah, it's what, it's what Joe said. We're not being able to see a consistent lineup because what you would like to have seen was... Trent coming in as 
the obvious rotation when Klein needed a little rest and then you know where you stand and so you bring him in and he's the only change in the back four so you give him some minutes and, and everything else and he builds and grows and everything else. You're not having players coming in. So like Flano came in last night and, you know, she, but then you'd seen Joe Gomez was playing his first game at centre-back for, for ages and then you've got Clavan who's, who's a chip, you know, obviously he played on the weekend but is essentially not first choice as a centre-back. So you're, you're bringing... Rotated players into an already rotated lineup, yeah. and now that's been that that's been because of some you know, niggly injuries to Lovren and, and obviously this Klein injury, and that's a difficult situation. So yeah, I mean there is there's always and this happens I think a lot with Liverpool, but I think it happens with every football team is that lots of players who are missing when the team isn't doing great suddenly become brilliant players who whatever. I don't think we're saying no, we're not. We're not. Brilliant, but I don't. I'm saying, his value to the team has now been underlined by him not being there, and this happens time and time again with players who aren't that you know, top draw. Yeah, exactly. We we are missing that solidity that he provided, and he's the sort of one who who can do well on that. But I do think we need to be, and it's a self fulfilling prophecy. If everyone if everyone starts getting really worried, uh, again, Alder mentioned this column. Players read them. Uh, he said, read the papers. In modern parlance, that means isn't just. You know, picking up a copy of the Daily Mirror or the Echo or whatever. It it's social media as well. So they're reading it. So they're getting nervous. And, and so you know, you're seeing players who snatch at chances when they would normally put them away and stuff because they're aware the team's under a bit of pressure. Isn't that to do with mental strength though? Yeah, That's well, to do with strength and confidence in your own ability that another chance is. Going it to is. Point. I mean, Klopp insists that this group have mental strength, and you know, it's yet to be totally proved. I would say, and some people will say it's been proved. The other way that that to a certain extent they haven't, but I still think we must be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. We have essentially the core of a very exciting team uh, here, and talk about pieces of the jigsaw. We know one of those is arriving next season, Cater. So there, so he's going to go. He's you know he's going to be a first choice in midfield, whatever, whatever happens. Um, Thanks for coming in January, you said. So, well, something has to happen at centre back. Whatever Klopp's plan is, he's clearly thought at the end of the window, either it was, you know, we thought we were getting, we we're going to get him, we're going to get him. Oh no, we haven't. Or, or, <laughs> or there was a, okay, we're not going to get him. Who can we get in January or whatever? Who can we make do? Can we get through till, till when we can fix it? And hopefully we have enough options. Because, that is one of the other things, and that thing. Generally, people think Klopp has more confidence in some of these players than mm. they deserve. And there was a little hint last night, wasn't there, after the game, where his patience. Well, it's, I'm glad you said this because was just, I was in the press conference afterwards, and I was surprised that because obviously the stat was knocking around about them. I think they had 80 shots in the last three games, and only scored three. And the defense had uh, the defense had conceded 19 shots, and the opposition had scored I think it's five, isn't it? And I thought he was going to have a go at. The attackers for, but he went straight in. And having defended the defence to a certain degree over the last couple of games, he just went straight in and said, "We've got no chance if we defend like that." Yeah. So he's clearly lost his rag at some point about something or another. And I think because if you look at the big picture and appreciate the last couple of games, the big picture is that Liverpool have a very dynamic, excellent attack, haven't they? When the mm. best players are on the pitch, and and he has most of the pieces in his jigsaw there, probably uh, in attack, um, defence. Again, we're we're trying to create a couple of pieces of the jigsaw in terms of 
probably Robertson as a full as full back, um, and making Trent or waiting for Klein to come back. Um, but the defence has been a longer term problem than the attack, hasn't it? So that's that's why I think his patience ran out with with the defending and and because of he mentioned how oh, these types of goals, but we're conceding every type of goal at the moment, aren't we? We're conceding ones with personal errors, with the, the Lovren one. We're conceding ones that are sort of where it seems to be like a collective defensive failure, which we saw for the second goal against Sevilla. Um, yeah, against Sevilla. Or Burnley. Uh, or, or, or the structure of it. And then we're conceding worldies now. Well, I was going to say, well, the, the other way the of looking end. at it is though the first goal... For Leicester last night was a deflection, which the keeper may have saved it if he it didn't, it doesn't get deflection, and then the second one obviously knocks it into the top corner. But it's a concern, and yes, you know I think I was saying this to you. That's an asterisk, isn't it? But but there's been a lot of asterisks next to the the, the four games, and it's when they mount up yeah, yeah. that that starts to become a bit more of a trend than just a bit of an, an anomaly. Yeah. There's a question for you, Christian. It's Klopp. If if the fans are guilty of short-termism, certainly the ones, the knee-jerkists on social media saying Klopp out and this, that and the other because of, as Joe says, just ten bad days. Mm. Is Klopp slightly guilty of too much long-termism and in two respects? The first one being he's clearly gone, right, Cater and Van Dijk, I want them, I don't want anybody else, I don't care how long it's going to take me to get them and I'll wait until then and you know, cobble on while they're waiting to sign them. And the other one, I think one of our colleagues, can't remember who it was, that wrote it something today, something about he's trying to nurture this talent he's trying to bring it through, the likes of Woodburn and, and other players like that but if you're at a top team you, and you want to chase honours, you can't really do that anymore I think he's got to realise and I don't mean this is a criticism to Jürgen Klopp necessarily, I think this is more of a criticism of the culture around Premier League and Liverpool in general he's got to realise he's not Borussia Dortmund manager anymore, I think he's got to come to terms with the fact that yes he is on a seven year contract and he's got this project this vision as I said earlier in terms of what he wants to do and what he wants to carry out at Anfield but I just don't think he will I think he will I think he's already finding out and I think he's going to find out very soon as this continues that Anfield does not have the patience of the Westfellas Stadion the Dortmund fans and Liverpool fans are not alike, despite what they say on the brochures in terms of, you know, they, they support the, the club unconditionally. I think when you're in a league with Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, Jose Mourinho's Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Conte, Wenger, Pochettino, Spurs, you you can't look into the future too much. There's got to be that sort of, that realism and that pragmatism about it as well. And I think Liverpool... It's going over all ground. Liverpool have had the money there in the summer to, at the very least, get a a decent stopgap, a player who wasn't £4 million from Augsburg, to get a player who means... Which means that if Jordan Henderson gets injured and Emery Chan's looking a little bit tired, there's absolutely no-one else to, to fulfil that role in, in the, you know, as the number six. Or if they want to freshen up a little bit further forward as a number eight... You know, okay, they got Kaiser, That's fair enough. But I just feel that he is—he is playing a long game, and he's probably—he's probably thinking, don't want to put words in his mouth or thoughts in his mind. But if I'm Klopp, I'm thinking, well, I've got a seven-year contract. I've got five years left to run. I've got all the time in the world here, and I can. I don't think he's. I don't it, think maybe he not. That, no, maybe not. I'm sure because he said that he puts himself under pressure. But I think he's probably. 
I think he might be very surprised very soon if this carries on, especially with the defence and the issue with the centre-back, just how pressing of a concern that was and just how you can't write off a season. Not that he has written off a season, but he could have theoretically written off a season by not going for a Van Dijk replacement. My worry is that you saw Fulham playing the long game, and it's all well and good, isn't it? But they could. So let's say he thinks, well, we we can't get Van Dijk, but we'll we'll go again in January next summer. What if in January Liverpool are out the Champions League, out the FA Cup, and, and well off the pace in the league? What if next summer you you're sort of saying, well, we're further down the line, we'll get Van Dijk, we've improved again, but you lose Coutinho, you lose Chan, yeah. you know, it, it's that goes not, back to the jigsaw yeah, thing. Exactly. Never is, so you can never, never really finish it, can you? You have to sort of just strike when the iron's hot, and, and it annoyed me that now they've missed out on players, and, and we're we're back to talking about the same issues again this season. And you think it, probably I think fans are patient if they see progress, and, and I think this season there has been progress. I think we're on a bad bad week, and hopefully after a couple of months we'll be talking about having seen progress again. But um, I think this team that he's got at Liverpool right now is as closest as he's got to. Being like his Dortmund team, mm. it breaks fast. Pitch, yeah. It's got lots of goal scorers. It it's got it can turn it can turn attack to defence. Sorry, defensive attack really really quickly. But I think his individuals just aren't as good. And you, if you look at it for Hummels, you've got Lovren. For Gundogan, you've probably got Henderson. And for up front, you've got Firmino for Lewandowski. Well, they just they just don't compare, do they? And you know, he's not going to be able to make that that tactic work unless he has the best individuals and, and he hasn't got them so I, I just think he needs to try and cut his cloth accordingly Andy, three weeks ago it was Arsene Wenger four weeks ago it was Antonio Conte this week it's Jürgen Klopp is this just what happens when you're a top team there's always somebody who's, you can't win every game so when somebody starts losing a few games or things don't go their way they're in crisis yeah, I mean, even last season, though, I remember some people were questioning Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. And Mourinho yeah. as well for a lot of the season. Mourinho, so it does happen. But I think what what we need to concentrate on is breaking the cycle. We don't want to turn this into January, Mark II. Mm. It's already sort of a mini-January so far, isn't it? And we need to draw a line in the sand. So what Klopp needs to do is concentrate all he can do, and it's football and cliche, is on next game right. It's now harder to go to Leicester on Saturday and get three points. The whole psychology of going there before, I know it's different players mostly, but it is more difficult. So he's got to come up with, uh, we're, going to, we, we, we're not able to bring back our best player in Mane, whereas Leicester probably will bring back their best player in terms of effectiveness, in terms of Vardy, with a good record against us. So he's got to try and produce an 11 on the pitch who can be effective. And I wonder whether he needs to do what he did at the end of last season for now, um, and almost do a slightly back to basics, try and be a bit more solid and work on the basis that we've got players in the team who can produce that moment of genius where you know he won't have Mane on, on, uh, on Saturday but he will have presumably Salah back on the pitch, Firmino back on the pitch um, Coutinho taken off at half time last night so he can start so there is opportunity for Liverpool to to go to Leicester again on Saturday, uh, get an element of revenge and pick up three points. And It's about trying to form an 11 that can do that. We'll have to see what's happening in terms of Lovren as an injury and what, what back five he can put out. But you could almost imagine now that you know it's going to have Simon Mignolet, Alberto Moreno at left back. You know, probably, what do you 
think probably. Well, we, we, we've, we've, de- we've dealt with Leicester, yeah. so we'll, we'll look at Leicester and we'll look at the team then from what you're saying. So you're yeah. saying Mignolet and goal. And just, Mid- just to pick yeah. on a point you said then and what I said before about making the team you know, more solid. Towards the end of last season, Mane, Mane wasn't playing, was he? He wasn't. No, that's no. the reason why they did it. But no. he said Lucas is not there, and there isn't a Lucas equivalent other than you could argue, as I said before, James Milner. So would Milner be in your starting lineup, playing um, in midfield at Leicester? I'd have to I'd have to think a bit more about that, but I certainly wouldn't dismiss it as an idea. I don't think it's. I suggested when we were going into um, you know a couple of the games more recently that Milner in the tunnel for a bit of experience might help. And again, that's something that that you could consider for for. Um, you need to know what sort of shape Jordan Henderson's in, because physically he looks like he's slightly sort of conking out in games a little bit late on. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure. I haven't seen any stats and or anything like that. So that that's just a visual thing. But you need to know what what state Henderson's in. So it, the fact that he played on. Last night on Tuesday, it might be an indication that he's not thinking of playing them on, on Saturday for all that he's the captain. So Milner wouldn't be a terrible idea. Um, With Chan? Chan will have to come back in, I would think. I know he hasn't <laughs> been in the best of form, but he can also have he can also have very good games, mm-hmm. uh, Chan. Would, would you, if Coutinho's going to start, would you want to see him on the left? That means that Firmino can stay in the middle and Salah can stay on the right and Sturridge doesn't play. Yes, and Daniel Sturridge is your last... 25-minute substitute Mm. Um, because while for all I appreciate the rationale behind Coutinho dropping back and playing in midfield, in Mane's absence, I feel you need need Coutinho on that left of the front. It's a role he played for a pretty long time at Liverpool. So um, pop him there and then you're choosing your three behind and you're probably looking at, you know, going back to almost the familiar... Chan in there, Wijnaldum, and maybe Milner or Stroke Henderson. What do you think, Joe? It, it depends. It depends big time, I think, on Lovren, doesn't it? Because if, if Lovren's fit, then, like him or not, he comes back in the centre-half, Matty plays. And personally, I would probably go with Joe Gomez, although I've got a feeling I might probably go with Trent. I think Gomez but, will play in centre-back, yeah. But then, who, if he plays at centre-back, which side does he play on? I was thinking this, Joe, this yeah, is an interesting because, one. Because Matt, Matty yeah. doesn't play on the left, does he? Lovren's Joe a left and yeah. Clavan's a left and Matip and Gomez yeah. are right. And that might be confused him and play them both on the right. <laughs> <laughs> but That's what they've been doing all season, <laughs> isn't it? But like, you, you would think you'd put the more experienced guy over on the left. But, but of course, sorry, playing Gomez centre back, these goes right back then. Yeah, That's exactly. The thing, and then yeah. you put, put Trent in. Yeah. And I don't, to be honest, I think, again, Leicester will know, just like they did last night, is they will target the right back and try and put balls out and try and win headers. Off him, so I'd rather Gomez coming at right back because he, he's going to win more headers. Isn't yeah, he? that could be the thing that decides the team for him then that he plays Gomez there if Lovren is fit. I think he'll want as quickly as possible for all that you know, we're aware it's not a perfect partnership. That our best partnership that we know of is Lovren and Matip, and if he can get them both on the pitch, he'll put them there. Yeah. No one's saying that's a, that's a cure all. We know it isn't, but they have had. They are the partnership that has been most well, they've effective. Got the results, haven't they? They've yeah. got the results. They've only lost so, the one game. And that, there is an argument then that you know to go more solid, you'd have Gomez at right back, and probably Moreno. At, 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 and I know people will laugh. Moreno solid, <laughs> but I mean, in comparison, maybe in terms of experience and time at Liverpool and everything else, 
he's obviously got more under his belt than Robertson, who obviously in the first half the other day looked pretty impressive with Coutinho sort of driving inside and leaving all that space for him to work in. Um, there were different opinions on how well he used that space, even in the office here. Um, but generally, he was picked out as positive from the game. Um, but I could easily see Moreno coming back in. And of course, if Coutinho does play on the left, Moreno's his mate. So he should be able to link up with him down that flank, you'd have thought, Christian. I know he had a stinker, but there's a £35 million pound player in Liverpool squad that no one's mentioned once in Oxley Chamberlain. I mean, I know, I know he played ninety against Leicester, but it's, he should be he should be fit enough to play. I mean, I wouldn't play him, and but I don't think any of us was. And that. well, he's not fit enough. That's the. Point. I mean, I mentioned that in my stuff. He doesn't look fit. I don't know what they do at Arsenal. Do they do running around or something? I don't know. I don't think they do do running around at Arsenal to do by some of their performances. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think he's destined for the subs bench, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oxley Jim, he didn't do enough the other night. For oh. all that, he, you know, he could probably have the best chance of the game, didn't he? Brilliant block from Chilwell, but um, so he, you know another day he gets on the score sheet and you think scoring debut, big boost, everything else. But he's probably destined for the subs bench, isn't he? And um, it's it's going to be a really tough game. And I think if, if Klopp goes there, sort of thinking, oh, I'm bringing in Salah and Firmino, that's just going to solve the problems. Well, Leicester are going to bring a different set of problems with them. To Mahrez Liverpool. as well. Uh, you know, Mares. But they have who's back? Certainly... Don't know. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> I just I wasn't sure whether we'd seen. Any... I know he obviously didn't play last night, but I wasn't sure whether it was a knock or a long term. But Huth is a big because he's another physical player. Set pieces, they'll have him up there, won't they? So Chilwell starts again because be... Fuchs is, is yeah off. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah, he's yeah. out. So it, it could but be Liverpool will want to go and be solid and control the game and give away as few few as possible of those set-piece situations that can cause them problems. So, final question then. If they pick the team that you want, Andy, do you think Liverpool will get a result? Um, I'm not sure they'll get three points, but I think, they'll, I think they can go and, uh, and get a, a point at least. Joe, same question. Oh, I, I hate to be negative, but I've just got a feeling it never rains, but it pours, does it? And Vardy coming back, you can just see him running behind. Christian? Just screams of that uh, trip to the KC State or the KCOM Stadium back in February for me in terms of you think this is the game where Liverpool will get the players back and, and, and turn it around and they just feel like they're, they're in a real bit of a... They're having a blip at the moment and it's going to take something. I don't know what to get them out of it. Maybe a trip to Moscow. Right, well, I was at the game and I thought Leicester weren't very good so I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. <laughs> Can we put that in the diary? Ian Doyle with the... the, with the the, the one positive for the points around the table, we like that. What have you done to us, clock? <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, join us next week where we'll look back at the Leicester game and ahead to James Pearce, who will be in Moscow. Cheerio.